0: Today, the below average Joe's MMA show presents the weekend preview. And we're talking about well mm. everything involving UFC Vegas insert number here. And well that's it. Mm. Um it all starts right now. Mm. <laughs> welcome back everybody hello thank you for joining us on this lovely 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 thursday i'm noah baker i'm one half of your hosting duo that's the man to my right dominic Salee. and dominic um can't really call this like a like a like a big episode uh i guess i'll just call it an an episode we have an episode here today mm-hmm. so Mm -hmm. um dominic how are you feeling are you are you ready to get into all the action for the weekend
1: i'm feeling good man hey listen spooky season has officially come to a close we are now in the turkey month the month of november Mm -hmm. is underway uh there are there's a very very big card happening next week so we do just have to chug along until we get there we're gonna find a couple good ones to talk about guys but really other than ufc vegas 64 or insert number here as noah likes to say there's not much to talk about here but we're pretty damn good at this whole podcasting thing. No, I think we're going to give the audience mm. some good entertainment still. I'm feeling good. Looking forward to the weekend. Making another trip to Columbus should be fun time. How about yourself? How you feeling as we get into this Thursday edition?
0: Yeah, Dominic, I am so good at this podcasting thing that when I do our intros and I try to hook in the audience today, I just said, guys... There's going to be a lot of nothing. So please tune in. Please like and subscribe. Yeah. So I'm really good at this whole uh, podcasting thing, you know. But uh, yeah. God damn it. I always look at the notes and I just see Dominic putting in in his his notes to cut. I don't know why it makes me laugh every time. Um, But I'm doing good. I'm doing really good, Dominic. Um, This does feel like the calm before the storm. Uh, in a lot of ways, UFC 281 right around the corner. Mm-hmm. This feels um. This is kind of like when you have a when you're a kid, and let's say you and some friends. I'm talking like a little kid. You and your friends have some plans to go to laser tag. You know Dominic and his girlfriend, big laser tag fan, right. fanatics. Or maybe mm-hmm. you and your friends are all going to see Raw that night, WWE, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. And your mom says, before you we go, you got to clean your room. Rodriguez versus Lemos is sort of the the clean your room before you can get to UFC 281. I like so, it. So, with that, Dominic, you know what's not a chore? What's that? Points sports Sportsbook is not a chore. So I've heard. And I'm going to tell you guys all about it right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right now, Points Bet Sportsbook is offering a great deal, a massive deal for you, the listener, you, the viewer. Yeah. Some would say essential deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right now, mm-hmm. if you go to Points Bet Sportsbook, download the app, mm-hmm. you go to sign up, you can put in code MMA Joes. Yeah. MMA Joes. Yeah. And they're going to match 100% of your initial deposit up to $2,000. Or (laughs) you go into the description of today's episode. Mm -hmm. You click that little link. You sign up. Boom, the deposit's there, you naughty son of a bitch. Shout was out! Is that sp- too much? Which, <laughs> <sports book.
1: laughs> I think they would like that ad. Reed. I think well,
0: they would. Did I I was trying? I was trying to go for a little young gravy right there. Did I? Did
1: it <laughs> hit that. It hit a little ASMR. It hit a little bit of everything there. I'm not gonna lie. I, if there's if there's someone out there that got a little excited hearing that ad, then you did your job.
0: I feel kind of dirty. Yeah, that. that
1: one was. Yeah, take a bath.
0: Let's move on. Let's get into the main event of UFC Vegas, whatever the number Dom said earlier. So <laughs> Marina do. Rodriguez is in your main event. taking on Amanda Lemos. Uh, this will be Amanda Limoche's, uh second uh, forte into the main event. Uh, Marina Rodriguez, I believe, has had... This might be her second, too. I can't remember if it's her second or third. But um, for both women, basically, this is somewhat familiar territory. Now, for Amanda... She, of course, went up against Jessica Andrade earlier this year. Didn't really go her way. She started out kind of strong in round one, but then Jessica caught her with a submission up against the fence, standing guillotine. Is that the first in women's uh, UFC history, by the way?
1: Yeah, standing arm triangle choke. It was disgusting.
0: Arm triangle, that's right. Sorry, not standing guillotine. But she's now worked her way back. She got a nice win over Michelle... Waterson Gomez, I believe is mm-hmm. her, how, she, how you say it now. And here she is trying to get right back into the top five and she's going up against someone who is literally the best representative of this top five. And that's Brina Rodriguez, who has looked great. I mean, I'm talking two, three years now, mm-hmm. ever since that, that pretty tough loss to the champion, Carla Esparza. Now uh, she has went on a great run. Yes. And she's done it with her striking, her Muay Thai. She looks terrific. Yet, her name value just hasn't really been able to catch up with the skill we're seeing in the octagon. So, unfortunately for her, the UFC is doing matchups like Rose versus Wei Li twice. Then mm-hmm. you know, you get these matchups like Wei Li and Yoana and stuff like that. These, these bigger names of the division are sort of taking the shine but marina rodriguez i would argue dominic has the best resume currently the best win streak currently in the women's strawweight division so she does come in as a minus 215 according to the odds from points bet sportsbook shout out to them and i think it's pretty well deserved here we know the route to beat marina rodriguez it's very hard to outstrike her but if you can get her to the ground she does at least from what we have seen, tend to be more weaker there, more vulnerable there. That's what Carla Esparza exploited. However, for Amanda Lemos to do that, it, we would have to really see her commit to it, which is something she's not really done in her UFC career, Dominic. She's only attempted seven takedowns in her entire UFC career, which I believe spans six or seven fights. So yeah. she's basically averaging one takedown. A fight now, she's landed those at a I think it's four of seven, so slightly over 50%. But basically, that's not really how she works her game, that's not something that she emphasizes. So I have a hard time kind of seeing the route for Lemos to get the victory. She has some decent power, that could be something, but at the same time, Dominic, on the other side here. This fight feels like terrible vibes for Marina Rodriguez. And I know you kind of agreed with me off recording. So I want you to explain to the audience. Why is this, despite everything I just said, feeling like it leans in Marina's favor, why does this feel like a bad fight for her?
1: Yeah, it just, um, I love all the shine you gave Marina, by the way, too, because she's one of my favorite female fighters to watch right now. She's the the silent assassin, if you will, of this strawweight division, in my opinion. And uh, she just flies under the radar and as you kind of alluded to there no, and you brought it up off recording, it was your initial point, point. I'm going to try and do it justice, but it just feels like, you know, I think you've said this before. I forget which specific matchups, but like a trap fight kind of, where it seems like all things are pointing toward a Marina Rodriguez victory, the four-fight win streak, number three in the division, over a two-to-one favorite in the fight. Um, it just, the momentum is there, whereas Lemos, we've seen her lose recently. Yes, she bounced back with a big finish against Karate Hadi, but she's kind of just getting thrown back in to the top five, to the title contenders based off of that win, even though Karate Hottie's been mm-hmm. you know, relatively inactive a long time. It wasn't like the craziest of wins in terms of who's relevant right now for contention. But because of that, I just think it is a little bit dangerous for Marina. Amanda Lamos also is very aggressive. She's a finisher. She likes to finish fights. Honestly, she likes to kill or be killed. In both of her losses, she's been finished. finisher. She's going to go out there, and make this ugly. And Marina's not really had to deal with that for the most part because she's so clean on the feet, good at keeping her distance with the Muay Thai. This is a very interesting fight, something she's not had to work with yet. So all those factors, man, it just makes it feel like the upset is potentially on the horizon. If you want to paint it any more light a little bit better, by all means, go right ahead.
0: Everything you said is spot on. To how i'm feeling i i definitely maybe it's look i understand people can there's there's other people out here in our space that are way better at analyzing the x's and o's than we are in all sports i love vibes are a big deal Mm -hmm. and a lot of people may not get that a lot of people may think that that's just dumb jock talk but it's true if you watch any sport This is prevalent in all sports, and it's a big thing embedding, you know, the vibes of something. You know, there's lines that smell like rat lines, and you have to avoid those. And this here with Marina Rodriguez, the only points I would add to what you just said is it does feel like if she won this, she could potentially get a title shot, a title shot that has escaped her so many times previously when she's probably already earned it. And Amanda Lemos, is it Lemos or Lemos? Lemos. Yeah, yeah, Lemos, okay. So with Amanda Lemos, even though she is coming off that bounce back win against the Karate Hottie, it doesn't feel like this opportunity is warranted for her again, in my opinion, like already going back into the top five um, and already in another main event spot. But that's just the opportunity that she could be given to kind of – cause a big upset here and knock Marina Rodriguez off that pedestal she's been on. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of a fear of mine. I'm not letting it be such a fear that it's affecting any sort of uh, plays I'll be making this weekend. I will have Marina Rodriguez in one of my plays. So at the end of the day, I am sort of going against my gut and going with my head here, because the X's and O's all sort of point to Marina Rodriguez. because Dominic, I will agree that most of Marina's fights have been pretty clean. Like, she does tend to keep it clean. Like, not a lot of the women she's fought tend to do what Amanda is good at doing, where she kind of makes the fight a little dirtier, um, sort of makes it a little sloppier. But I would argue that probably Marina's finest performance to date was against a woman who really tried to do that, and that was Amanda Hibas yeah. back at UFC yeah. 257. We've seen Hibas do that time after time. Look at the fight with Caitlin Jukagian. She made a Caitlyn Jukagian fight exciting. I mm-hmm. mean, that's, that's never happened before. <laughs> and right. Then her and Marina go in there, and Marina had to knock her out twice. So yes. <laughs> it, it's really been – that was really Marina's just – That was her coming out party, and it's really been her finest performance to date. And I think we could get a similar finish here if Amanda does not clean it up a little bit. But again, if she cleans it up and just gets into a kickboxing fight, she's going to get outpointed all day by Marina. So we know the route to victory. It's if Amanda can really emphasize that in her training camp and now utilize that in here in the cage. That's what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, I like that, and I think it's worth to be noted too because, again, this is going to be Marina's third UFC main event. The previous two did go all five rounds. She has the 25-minute experience. Obviously, both of those were victories where she never lost gas. She was in it the entire way, controlled both of them. Uh, The first main event was with Michelle Watterson Gomez, second one against Mackenzie Dern. She dominated both of those fights pretty clearly throughout. A little bit of iffiness in the Mackenzie Dern fight in a round or so there. Uh, but outside of that, it was all Marina Amanda LeMoche. It's her second UFC main event, but the first one, what was it? First round didn't. I definitely didn't make it out of the second round. It was I, the I end, even ended
0: the first round.
1: Yeah, and I think I even bet on that fight like under two and a half or under three and a half. It was her and Jessica Andrade. Didn't think that was going five rounds. So what do you kind of make here in this spot for LeMosh? She's up here for another five round fight. We already know Marina can go all five rounds. I don't know if Amanda can keep the gas tank going. If she's trying to go tit for tat, like you pointed out with Marina, that could lead to the inevitable, inevitable finish. Kind of how Marina did against he Obviously that one came much quicker, but kind of the same vibe.
0: Yeah. I don't have a ton of faith in her gas tank. Now that's not to say that she doesn't have a good gas tank. What I'm saying is, is you have to look at the matchup. So she's going up against someone who's shown to have a great gas tank. Mm-hmm. so where's the point of emphasis going to be in this fight? If she stands in front of her for five rounds and looks for power shots and gets pieced up in a kickboxing fight, she's going to be the fresher fighter in rounds four or five. It's going to be Marina Rodriguez. But if Lemos does take the fight to the ground, looks for those takedowns, wrestling's a grueling man. Some would say wrestling's even it's the most grueling as far as your, your, your gas tank than yeah. any other part of the, of MMA. So If that's what she really focuses on, I hope she's going to be looking for some sort of submission finish because I don't know if she can do that for 25 minutes. I don't know if she'll be able to time up and put in good takedowns every round for 25 minutes. So, again, Eileen Marina there as well. So, like, again, everything points to Marina, but that's exactly the kind of fight where you have to tread lightly.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. All those... X's and O's, all the the momentum and everything is in one fighter's favor, yet it feels so dangerous with those odds. It's mm-hmm. going to be interesting.
0: And I will say that Amanda does feel like she has some untapped potential. Like, there's a reason the UFC have been sort of propping her up and giving her these big fights. So, some of that has not shown through yet in her performances. Now she's 35 years old. There is a bit of what you see is what you get. But, you know, the fight with Andrade, she did look good in round one. She got caught in a submission. It was very weird, like just bodies clashing, and Jessica just happened to time up that yeah. that submission very well. But who's to say how she would have looked if that went into round two, round three? Maybe she put on a show, put on a highlight reel against Andrade. Mm-hmm. So I will admit that I feel like I know more about Marina's game than Amanda, and I think that's partially why you're seeing my analysis feel – so heavily tilted in her favor as well, but I like that. I like that man. Yeah, let's get into the rest of this card, Dom, because there is a couple other good fights on here. I will say, and the best of them, thirteen versus fourteen, Neil Magny versus Daniel Rodriguez. This feels like a very good fight. Neil Magny coming in off a loss, he asked for Shavkat Rakhmonov. He had already asked for Hamza before that, and they never gave it to him. So they give him Shavkat, who nobody wanted, and well, Shavkat made pretty easy work of him. Uh, Before that, though, Neil Magny, of course, was on the Columbus card that we were at. Got a big win over Max Griffin. That was a win that tied, I believe, the UFC record for welterweight wins with GSP. Mm -hmm. And then um, on the other end, Daniel Rodriguez was a part of that just circus that was UFC 279. The musical chairs of UFC 279 with all the, the fallout, all the Hamza versus Nate and... Kevin Holland, all this shitstorm that went down that week, he ends up in the feature bout fighting Li Jingliang, 10 pounds heavier than the guy, and goes in there and wins a very close split decision that that a lot of people thought the Leech won. So both guys feel like they're in kind of weird places. Like Daniel Rodriguez, I think, is such an underrated fighter in this promotion. Um, I've been, me and Dominic have been sort of, praising this guy for a while. Um, I like his attitude. I like his fighting style. I think he has a lot of potential. But if there's one guy who can utilize any hype, any potential, it is a guy like Neil Magny. You know, Mm -hmm. Neil Magny is sort of the litmus test. He is kind of the, the guy to prove if you're for real or not. And we've seen time and time again, some of these guys that fight Neil Magny just can't get it done. Like even Jeff Neal, a guy who feels like he's all the way back and, you know, pushing towards the top of the division. he had a very lackluster performance against Neil Magny. You know, Neil Magny is just a hard guy to look good against. Yes. But Dominic, I'm leaning pretty heavy. Daniel Rodriguez here. And the biggest reason for that is because I think the signs have been there that Neil Magny is slowing down just a bit. Mm. Now he got the win in Columbus against Max Griffin. But that ended up being a pretty fun fight. And the reason why it ended up being pretty fun is because, Neil know, Magny had to really go in there and kind of earn that win. I mean, Max Griffin, good fighter. Mm-hmm. But Max Griffin at times looked like he was getting kind of close to really changing that fight. Uh, some yes. of those shots were really affecting Magny. Um, the Shavkot loss, like, look, he Shavkot's put, probably going to be a future champion, like, no harm, no foul. But I look at that Max Griffin fight, a fight that he won. But tell me if I'm wrong, Dominic, a fighter like Max Griffin, who's good, but not necessarily great, feels like the kind of guy that Neil Magny could have, I don't know if easily is the right word, but would pretty handedly beat uh, before by doing what he does best and kind of neutering his fighters.
1: What? yeah, I agree. I see that point, Noah, because when you look at, some of the competition that Neal's beat in the last few years, you know, the Jeff Neal fight, like you mentioned, Robbie Lawler, even the Leech, Lee Jingling, he's able to neutralize those type of guys or neuter them, as Noah said. I love that analogy there. Um, but he didn't quite do that against Max Griffin, and I think it's because Max is starting to kind of get into his all right now, but he's still, I wouldn't hold him in regard to like a D-Rod. You know, I still put D-Rod higher above him. But Max was able to really just be aggressive in that fight and not allow Neil to do that clinch heavy style. Neil had to really strike in that fight. We had to see what he was made of there. If Neil's forced to strike here with Daniel Rodriguez, man, th- there's not many better, just straight up crisp boxers, I think, at 170 right now than D Rod. I think it could get ugly if he forces Neil's hand in the striking department. Uh, but like you said, Neil just has that skill set that he can fall back on with that grappling with that clinch control it's just can he get it there that's what i don't know if he can do against a guy like daniel rodriguez right now because we've really not seen d rod show that many weaknesses no i mean he's seven and one in the ufc and he's won four fights in a row now you know that's i mean that's
0: yeah very true (laughs) seven and one i mean the the record speaks for itself uh the words of uh i can't remember the the coach who said this, but you are what your record says you are at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Like you can say all you want about how good you are, but at the end of the day, your record says who you are. Daniel Rodriguez has done it quietly. So not a lot of people realize the kind of run he's on, but it's very good. Even if he, you know, should have lost to the leech. I mean, the leech is a damn good fighter. Yeah. So like, let's not pretend like that's somehow a blemish for him. Yeah, 10 pounds heavier. But, I mean, everybody had was affected by that shit yeah. storm of a week, you know. So yeah. um, it's going to be a great fight. I hope. I, I just, I, I'm worried that Neil Magny could be on downswing right now. The guy's not, he's up there in years. And um, I just see some chinks that used to not necessarily be there, I guess is what I'm getting at. But we'll move on to the next fight, Dominic. Uh, this fight is a tale of two cities right here because Grant Dawson, both guys similar styles, I guess, in a way. Grant Dawson versus Marco Madsen, um, wrestlers' delight here. But Grant Dawson is kind of the younger, uh, potential-filled prospect. You know, a guy that came from the contender series. While Marco Madsen is how old Dominic? He's in. It. Is, is he forty? He's thirty-eight. <laughs> yeah, thirty-eight. Which I mean, that's getting up there, especially for the weight class that he's in. Um, so what do you really expect from this fight? Because we know both guys kind of like to take their fights in similar directions, but now they have to go up against one another. And we've seen with Grant Dawson specifically, when the fight stays standing, that does tend to be a big weakness for him. Now, I don't think we've really been able to say the same. Marco Madsen had some moments of weakness against, I believe it was, uh, um, who am I thinking of? UFC legend and I'm blanking on his name
1: oh didn't he fight Clay Uh, Guida right yeah it was Clay
0: Guida Clay Guida Guida had some moments with his pressure where he would seem to be getting the better of Madsen but for the most part Madsen he's undefeated hasn't showed the same kind of blemishes but Grant Dawson pretty heavy favorite here younger fighter more potential kind of how do you lean on this one
1: Yeah, the odds are interesting. Grant minus 220, Mark Madsen plus 180. But uh, I like Grant Dawson, man. I like what we've seen from him as late. He's 28 years old, so he's going to be 10 years younger. And yes, it is like a battle of two grapplers, but polar opposites, as you said, two different cities, as Noah put it. And it's also Grant Dawson, when it's down there, bit more aggressive he goes for the kill he goes for the finish i mean he's finished 16 out of 18 wins for marco madsen he's only finished at half of his clip six out of 12 via finish but we are talking an olympic silver medalist and greco-roman wrestling so it's just like the grappling and all everything like the storylines come down to that but it's just so different the way in which they go about it in their fights and if it stays on the feet I am a bit intrigued. because, So correct me if I'm wrong, but you were kind of leaning more toward Marco Madsen if it does stay on the feet longer, right? Just because we've seen a little bit
0: more of that from him? No. Wait, wait. Do you, did you say Grant Dawson or Marco Madsen? Marco Madsen on the striking? feet. No, I'm definitely not leaning him in the striking. Okay. I actually, okay. I don't know where I would lean in the striking because both guys, whenever they have struck, hasn't looked good. But what I am yeah. saying is that I think there's been more definitive – holes for Grant Dawson if you remember where he kind of got pummeled in his I think it's his only loss in his entire MMA career Mark Matson showed holes against Clay Guida but ultimately he was able to persevere and win the fight I ultimately think when you have an Olympic silver medalist like Mark Matson, this is going to be an example in my opinion of there's levels to this game now is the age difference going to play a factor it could. It could for sure. And maybe for all I know, Grant Dawson's just an extraordinarily better striker than Madison. But it's hard to know, and with Madsen being this much of an underdog, plus one eighty right now, I don't see the fight being that much in Dawson's favor. So that's why I'm leaning Madsen on this one.
1: Yeah. I see I'm leaning Dawson, but I do feel like the odds should be a lot closer. I don't I don't really know what justifies Dawson being a minus two twenty. Are they only doing that because he's ten years younger? I mean, if you're doing that, that's just kind of risky. to me. I mean, at the end of the day, Marco Madsen, I don't care how old he is, he's 12-0. He's undefeated for a reason. We haven't got to say that in a while, Noah, but he is, and that's just the fact of the matter. I think it's going to be a very tough fight for Grant Dawson to try and take on, you know, someone that has that Olympic caliber wrestling. It's something he hasn't yet had to face before. He's going to have to go through adversity if he wants to win this fight. I believe in him, but I'm going to find out this Saturday.
0: It would not surprise. Like I think the way Grant Dawson wins this fight is he has to outstrike um, Matson, which I'm not saying is not possible. I think it's entirely possible. I think that's partially why these odds are the way they are, mm. because that's the belief. It's just hard to assume that when you haven't really seen it, you know. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm leaning with who I believe has an advantage where, and Matson I think should have an advantage in the wrestling and everything else is kind of up in the air so Mm -hmm. we'll see uh last but not least dom miranda maverick is back i believe it's miranda fear the maverick yeah yeah taking on Shayna young these are two ladies that really like themselves some good old-fashioned submissions dominic uh is there a nice little submission prop out there perhaps for the audience
1: yeah, guys, I just want to let everybody know these two have fought one time before, but it's not going to show up on the professional record. It was a pro exhibition fight In Invicta in 2019. Miranda Maverick did submit Shayna Young. I really like Miranda Maverick here. She's minus 600 uh, for those that don't know. So uh, you can't really bet her straight up if you do. I mean, Godspeed to you. You might be betting a lot of money to get a little bit of profit out of it. But I think you have to go almost parlay, of course, or props and i think there's a couple really good props in this one because i think miranda maverick is going to showcase again here i do I, mm-hmm. I i really believe in her we have believed in her ever since day one um she should be four and one in the ufc we believe that she beat macy barber uh Shana young on the other hand is only eight and four she's one and two in the ufc she lost in the contender series so one and three under the entire banner and although she's not old Miranda Maverick is six years uh younger than her I just think she's so much more physically strong and dominant I really like the under two and a half in this fight you can get that at almost even money and if you really want to get fancy which I'm probably going to do Miranda Maverick by submission is plus 165 Miranda Maverick has six submission wins in her career one of them has come against Shada Young like I mentioned in an exhibition fight if she's done it once to her Miranda Maverick's only gotten better since 2019. No, I have no reason not to believe she can't do it again. I think Miranda Maverick's going to look like more than a minus 600 favorite in this fight.
0: Wow. Well said. Well said. Um, Dominic, there's only one way we end the show around here, though, and that's with the little thing we like to call closing statements. Mm -hmm. Point of show where me and Dominic can talk about anything and everything, MMA-related or not. So, Dominic, I'd be shocked here if you have something MMA-related, considering... (laughs) Uh, the down period we're a little bit in with as far as news cycle goes. So yeah. do you have any closing statements for this This to, to send us into the weekend?
1: Yeah, I just want to say real quick before my closing statement, guys, this was a shorty, but we tried. We looked uh, off recording because <laughs> we had a lot of off recording time. This was a bitch to try and get this episode <laughs> going today. But we could not find much. But hope you guys have a good weekend. I do have one closing statement question. This has been a question that I've had in my brain for like a little while here and there it comes and goes when I'm listening to like certain music artists. And I actually just asked Jade in this last weekend and I've never, I noticed that when I asked her, I had never asked anybody this before only myself. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask the audience. Have you ever thought about how every song made good or bad in your eyes, every song is someone's, favorite song so like the worst thing you've ever heard in terms of music something that you're going to turn immediately if it comes on your spotify comes on the radio you're like this is garbage trash turning it that's someone's favorite song ever isn't that kind of funny to think about
0: noah Uh, were you high when you brought this up (laughs) i had a feeling you were going to go that route but Um, no my question for you would be, what is that song?
1: Wait, that I like that people wouldn't like?
0: Well, oh. the opposite, right? Wouldn't it be the song that you hear and are like, "Dude, what the fuck is this?" But it's oh my yes, favorite dude. Song.
1: So that's that's what made me think about it when we came to your place um, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Our buddy Nick played a new song that was kind of popular. It might still be popular. Um, Lil Yachty. I like Lil Yachty, by the way, as a rapper. No disrespect toward him. I don't listen to a ton of rap, but I don't mind him. But the mm. song was uh, the Poland song. I don't know if you've heard that song. I have not. Okay, well, be sure to listen after this. It was one <laughs> of the strangest one minute and 30 second songs that I've ever heard. And I was just like, you know, as much as I dislike this, I'm probably going to turn it if it comes on the radio. Someone out there is bumping this shit Every single day, it's their favorite song ever made, and that can be said for almost
0: every song out there, guys. I'm just saying. Wow. Now I have to try to think of one for myself. Dominic, may you may have to cut a lot of a lot of air time here because I got to (laughs) think of something. Okay. Fuck, man. Three hours later. What's that? Uh. Fuck no. I won't go with that. I was gonna say anything Lizzo makes because I can't stand Lizzo. <laughs> but I don't think that's a good answer. Six and a half hours later. Oh, you know what it is? Lil Wayne. Okay. One of the all-timers, right? You know, that's a guy that's, you know, his music has been our entire generations been growing uh-huh. up on some of Lil Wayne's hits. Remember when he did that, like, rock rap album?
1: It sounds familiar, but I wouldn't know a song off of it. Well, oh, maybe. What that
0: song called? I think it was called Prom Queen. Is that what it is? Name sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Prom Queen by Lil Wayne. Oh, my God. Is that like the worst garbage (laughs) I've ever heard? But that was a single from his album, I'm pretty sure. And if it's single, they're putting it out there for a reason. That was something the label was like, you know, this shit, fucking gas. Send this out there. Yeah, people are gonna be bumping this shit, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> yeah, prom queen, dude. Okay, okay. I mean, just the worst. Like, I, I, I. It's not even like music to me. It's just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I mean, the album is pretty bad, if I remember. But they, they did have that song with Eminem, "Drop the World." That song. Was I okay, do remember right? that one. Yeah, that song yeah. was a, that song was a hit. But yeah, that's mine. Um, for my closing statement, I just recently potentially made a purchase of a PS5. potentially. Yeah. I love the asterisk there. It, it, it is not delivered yet. so I do not know if there's anything inside the box that I just ordered.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: But assuming it's there, what are some game recommendations that people have? Because Dominic, you know me, you know that I really my entire life I've just played sports games. It's just my thing. I'm yeah, just, yeah. I'm that dedicated to the bit. I mean, I'm even doing a whole fucking new thing about it. Like,
1: yeah.
0: I'm just I'm, that's my whole personality—just sports, 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 sports ball. Right. Like, I mean, it, it, it's 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 quite a corner to pay, put yourself in. Yeah. So you know, Madden, Two K, MLB the Show, like that that college college football. That was what I was grew up playing. Very rarely have I been hooked on anything outside of that. Now, there have been some few examples. Some games that come to mind when I think of games that I just got hooked on. The Last of Us. Mm. Red Dead Redemption. Mm -hmm. uh, GTA 5. I mean, those three are huge. A little bit of Black Ops 2. That's the only COD that I've ever gotten into. I bought Black Ops 3, traded it in after 30 days and got half my money back great nice nice um and then the biggest shooter i was like i mean this game consumed me was uh um, rainbow six siege that's a wow i mean that's an all-timer for me but as you can see i'm open to more games like that it's just i'm so comfortable with what i know that it's hard for me to even attempt to buy one because then dominic we get debacles like battlefield one
1: yeah that's an all time debacle yeah yeah
0: so dominic what is your like biggest game recommendation for me based off what you know about me and what i'm willing to get into see this is where i have to kind of almost just break
1: news a little because i don't know if i can truthfully give you a game recommendation right now no because for the first time This pains me to say it publicly. For the first time since 2009, 13 years, I did not purchase the brand new Call of Duty. Yeah. Say it so. Yeah. And uh, I'm almost about to tear up here. But uh, yeah, man. Played the beta. Wasn't big on it. And I don't know. It's been kind of going downhill for me the last few years, and I believe it or not, did not buy it. So I'm not playing like any games right now, really. And it's it's it sucks. It sucks.
0: So you're saying I've been joking about you being like a gamer and all this stuff. For well, a while.
1: The past few months, it's definitely changed. I'll put it that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, what was like the last game you were like hooked on?
1: Oh, I mean, I played. <laughs> See, that's the funny thing. Like, I still played the shit out of last year's COD. For a while, was pretty hard on it. Vanguard. Um, mm. The problem is Noah, and here we go. Here's this whole conversation. This is how the kind of where I'm at with Call, Call of Duty right now. So I was going hard with my buddies, ranked play for Vanguard. Had a lot of fun, competitive game mode, get your points, all that. I really like competitive games, especially the last few years with Call of Duty and our friend group. But then, as it coincides with the Call of Duty League, the professional league that we would watch they took like a one-month gap in the middle of the season with no events, no matches, nothing. Stupid. Makes zero sense to do that at all. (laughs) And right when that happened, I lost interest in watching it once it returned, and I lost interest in playing ranked play because Mm. I couldn't relate and keep in touch with what was happening because there was a whole month of nothing competitive side. And since that happened, I've not touched Call of Duty since, and now the brand-new one just came out last week, and I don't have it. So that's kind of where I'm at with call of duty right now.
0: I didn't realize that my closing statement was going to turn into like a therapy session, but yeah, I need to vent here. I'm going to be honest. So does that mean you have no intentions of buying it or is it just that you haven't bought it yet? As of right now,
1: I, I can't confidently say that I will buy it. I'm going to be honest. Wow. What I will say is that when Warzone two, which is the battle Royale, that comes mm. out in December. Maybe I make my return to that. But I don't think I'm actually going to buy Modern Warfare 2.
0: Oh, so like the the Warzone doesn't come with the.
1: Like right. The Battle the, Royales the are going to be free to play. So that you won't have to like have. Oh, uh, well, yeah. yeah. Who
0: the fuck would buy the new COD then? Like just play the Battle Royale shit's more fun.
1: Yeah. So if anything, that could potentially get me back on the sticks. But yeah, right now I'm a. I'm celibate for video <laughs> games, basically, if I'm being honest wow. with you. A lot I impulse blood. bought the new Madden. and I think I said that shit-talking myself on an episode a while back on this show.
0: Mm, that's right, and you weren't yeah. happy with it, right?
1: Oh, no, the instant I bought it, I wasn't happy with it. I knew the mistake I made, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is.
0: I mean, I bought it, too, last night, so. Right, right.
1: Yeah, but you're, you'll probably be more into it than probably myself. Think, I'm a
0: big i I'm a big franchise mode guy, so yeah, like yeah. I, I always find enjoyment. I I can play those games for fucking until the new ones come out, basically. Right. But that does mean, Dom, that I am kind of the worst consumer because that means that I always want the roster update because I'm so yeah. big on the realism and like yeah. team yep. building. So I'm that guy that like I buy that new fucking Madden and that new two K year after year, even though there's hardly any changes. So I'm the reason, people like me are the reason EA does not, you know, fix and shit. But yeah, uh, that's true. I've had a console, people. This would be my first console since I sold my PS4 in 2018, like early 2018. You took it to GameStop so been, and BG? Yeah, it's been about four and a half years since I've had a console.
1: Man, you're going to love it. You're going to love, I mean, that's a long time. So you're going to yeah. like it for a while. And, I mean, yeah. again, you bought it because of the new college football coming back next summer. Yeah. That's big, yeah. you know. Yeah.
0: I, I was very close. Uh, there's some retro gaming shop. The reason why this all happened, by the way, was I was on Instagram. You know, sometimes ads pop up and usually you just <laughs> yeah. click through them. Well, I got one for this, like, retro gaming shop. And I was like, huh, interesting. So I went on there and I'm looking at it. I had in my cart a PlayStation 2. Oh, and boy. like 15 games. Uh-huh. And then I sat there and thought about it and I went, okay, hold on. I'd probably play these games for about a month and then I'd be like, why did I buy these for the nostalgia? Right. Why don't I just buy a PS5? So and here I we did.
1: Are. I respect it.
0: I gotta it was ask. Quite a, it, was qu- it was quite a roller coaster. But yes, what what
1: was ahead. that cart total looking like for the PS2? Like, what are they running? What are they charging for all that these days? Well, a,
0: pl- a PS2. Now, this place is a little expensive, and certain games are hard to find. You know, of like course. And CAA Football 14 is, if you buy that, it's like over a hundred bucks because yeah, it's the last one. It's hard to find. Uh, the PS2 itself was like two hundred. Damn. And then like. I was going to get, uh, what was the game that was most expensive? Oh, shit. I can't remember which game. Oh, I was going to get the latest like NCAA football I could get like on the PS2. On was, that system? Uh, and it was 11, which had Tim Tebow on the cover. Okay. And that was like 88 bucks. Wow. And then I, I was going to get NFL Street and NBA oh. Street.
1: Oh yeah, NBA now Street really
0: Volume talking. NBA Street Volume Two was about $45, 50 bucks. That's worth every penny. Yeah, I was gonna get like Simpsons Hit and Run was a big favorite of mine growing up.
1: Yep, remember um, that. What else was did I? Did have? Did they um...
0: have
1: the infamous oh, NFL two K with Terrell Owens? Yeah, two oh, K five. That's the game, brother. Yep,
0: I was that one was like twenty bucks. I was very close, Dom. You, you see why I was so time.
1: close? Yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: Mm. I mean, I was I was real close. Part of me kind of wishes I would like just for NFL and NBA Street. I think I'd play this. I think I'd play those games forever.
1: Yeah. Oh, dude, the Street games are so good. Did you have any SmackDown vs. Raw or WWE games?
0: No, I did not. I did not. I did have a UFC game in the cart. Um, oh, nice. But it was like an older one, like before 2004. the
1: undisputed. Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
0: So I don't know how good it would have been, but I was like, you know, I need some fighting game because I was thinking I'm gonna buy this, and then because I was thinking of like that weekend when you guys were all here, mm-hmm. like how cool would it have been to just oh, have some bro. PlayStation Two, and then we all just be fucking around playing like NBA we, and NFL Street.
1: We wouldn't have slept. We would stay up all night.
0: Dude, talking about it now, I may. still You're about buy to go it. buy it. <laughs> I'm about to go buy. I'm about to buy a PS2, and then just get NFL and NBA Street, and then never look back.
1: Never look back. Man, I'm telling you yeah,
0: though, I kind of, I kind of want them really bad.
1: Noah's gonna go buy it. PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three. Skip the PlayStation Four, and then the PS
0: Five. I literally just bought. I just spent like a whole clip on the PS Five and two games, and all I can think about now is, damn, I kind of want that PS Two. I, I kind of want that console from 15 years ago. It's that. It's that meme of the guy hand over yes. the PS Five, and he's looking back like, yo, that PS Two looks kind of nice though. <laughs>
1: Man, that's classics, though. That's what we grew up on.
0: I know. Uh, there, I I, I will almost guarantee I will ask for that for Christmas. So I will have a PlayStation 2 in those two games by Christmas. Before
1: 2023.
0: I love it. I love it. Guaranteed, I will. I, as of now, that is going to be a request. And I know my mom's going to be like, didn't you just buy a PS5? And I'm like, yeah, mom, but you don't get it, okay? Yeah. I, need my, I need NFL and NBA Street. You know what could really solve all this, Dom? What's that? If EA Sports just put out... Like, just, just put out the games to where you can, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what do they call it? Um, where they just basically they, yeah, they'll update it a little bit, but they just re-release the game. Oh, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, just re-release it. Now, wait a minute. Doesn't the PS5 have backwards compatibility? I think with the PS4 games, yes. Fuck.
1: Yeah, You're telling me I can't
0: put, I can't put a yeah. PS2
1: game in there. Exactly, exactly. That would be fucking wild, though.
0: And I put that in there. PS5 spit it out like, "What the fuck you just put in me, dog?" It might,
1: it <laughs> might just catch on fire. <laughs> uh,
0: my name's Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. We are but just two of the below-average Joes, and we will see you guys on day.